When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about hour number three on a Monday? Hour three starts with Zay's choice on a beat. Who we got here? Who do we have here, Zay? This is currency Scottie Pippen. The beat is made by The Alchemist, though. You know uh, The Alchemist? You watch F. I do. Delicious. I, I do. Bronson. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The Alchemist might be one of the greatest producers of all time. And yeah, have this you, is a fire song. Have you listened to a lot of... Uh, Action Bronson stuff because yes. I I have not. Is he good? Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. Okay. I got to check more he's of his incredible. stuff out. I love the show. F that's delicious is a show Kevin Dunn turned me on to because he's a food snob. The best one they had though. I loved the Action Bronson show. Did you ever watch the, what they call it, the unscripted Action Bronson show or whatever? Oh, the like where they were in the little aliens one. No, what? no, where they were in the little house. And he would bring like different yes, guests in. That was a cool show. It was yeah. the most random, bizarre show, but I loved it. I like that show. Oh, too. I loved it. He'd bring musical acts in, um, chefs, drink people. It was awesome. I'm a big Action Bronson fan. I have his cookbooks, which my wife doesn't cook any of them because mm. she says it's too unhealthy. So we Damn. we definitely need to change that when 2023 comes around. That oh. might be my New Year's resolution. There you to go. To cook more out of the Action Bronson cookbook. There you go. But, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> the, the green one. That I have is called like Stone Beyond Belief. <laughs> so think about the food in that one. Yes, yeah, but yeah, his rapping, a lot of wrestling references. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, he's a well, huge wrestling out. fan. A lot of people call him Bam Bam for his resemblance of Bam Bam Bigelow. He does look like Bigelow. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah, big time wrestling fan. Action Bronson, Queens, New York, fire. Nice. How about that? So the Alchemist starting us off this hour. We hope you are having a good Monday. If you're a Longhorn fan or a Cowboys fan, we know what you're going through. We're trying to help you. It's Therapy Monday because they both looked bad in different ways, but also in, I guess, in a similar way because both teams we know have a DNA about running the ball. There's something about these teams that we know the running backs matter. We know that if Robinson, if if Robinson, Robinson and Johnson in one case, and if Pollard and whoever it was yesterday because you didn't have Elliott, if they're being successful, the team is successful and the defense will look even better. And neither team really found the right balance. Texas lost 17-10, 6 and 4. Now they'll need help to get to Jerry World and then Green Bay beats Dallas giving up Cowboys give up a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter for the first time in the history of the franchise damn you Aaron Rodgers for laying one of those on the Cowboys that we didn't see coming I I could have seen the the loss coming Zay but not something like that to give up a 28-14 lead Cowboys six and three and now as we sit here I believe the Cowboys would be a six seed are the six seed in the NFC and I think they'd go to Seattle 
So no matter what happens, the Cowboys are going to need to you know pack their bags for the playoffs, and can they get through whatever they're going to have to fight through once they get there? Cowboys getting ready for the Vikings, too. Zay, the Vikings who fight Ooh. through, who somehow find a win this week. Even if they'd been 8-2, and two, they're still a really good team. That is a tough matchup for the Cowboys because I don't know if anybody's noticed, but Justin Jefferson's good. Yo, he, this just in. I don't know why we don't talk about him as being one of the best receivers in the league at this point. Maybe because it's so young and, you know, him coming from LSU. And I don't know what's in the water at LSU mm. slash that state of Louisiana, but Jamar Chase, he's also from that part of Louisiana. If yep. you have anybody on the recruiting circuit, they will tell you big time recruiting places, that area in southern Florida, the Miami area. Definitely Texas, parts of, uh, of uh, California, and Louisiana. They got dudes. And Justin Jefferson, one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Fourth and 18, Kirk Cousins. That was the only person he was going to was Justin Jefferson. And that snag yeah. was Odell Beckham-like. I One-handed somehow brought it in. Yeah. And, yeah, one of the greatest catches I've ever seen easily. So the, the difference is in, in the, to the Beckham catch, because that's kind of the standard for a lot of people, it was the Beckham catch for me a little further inbounds. Beckham had to deal with that sideline a little bit. And then it's the Beckham catch with two more hands there. The, the fact that that – and the, the Bills guy – and you saw, probably saw his post game stuff where he's like, "Oh my god, I just got to knock the ball down." Yeah, how do I knock not knock that down? So, but but to fight through that, hit the ground, still find a way to catch it. That was that was an in- incredible play. It was almost like the David Tyree thing from the Super Bowl, right? Where every time I watch it, I think the defender is going to screw the play up. Yeah. Even now, when I watch that play, I think Rodney Harrison, how are you not messing that up? It's it seems easy. Well, I just think the magnitude of the play. I don't remember exactly what the score was on the OBJ catch against the Cowboys. Yeah, I think that was like a first-half touchdown. Yeah, like this, if he didn't make this catch, that's ball game, and they're flying back to Minnesota with an L. He does make that uh, catch. He makes a plethora of other catches, and yeah, that that game was just absolutely incredible. You know, Kirk Cousins not getting the fourth down uh, QB run on the goal line, and then... I thought he was in. I thought he was in, too, but it it showed his helmet. Made he didn't, it, but the ball didn't. Right, he didn't stretch. Yeah, you know, and, and it's either you protect the ball or you try to get it over. And with fourth down, I don't think it would have mattered. He's Kirk Cousins. He did the Kirk right Cousins. thing. He's Kirk Cousins, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, Josh Allen just to lose the ball on that weird just exchange with his center at that part of the field. You can't have that happen. And Josh Allen, he was very upset with himself. And a team that we were talking about, a lot of people had winning the Super Bowl, are now third in their own division, which is insane, behind the New York football Jets and then behind uh, 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 Tua and what they're doing in Miami. I, I, so, didn't, I didn't realize that until you said it. Oh, oh it's That's crazy. crazy. That it's, is, it, it's that insane. Is wild. Yeah, because they lost last week to the Jets, and then they lost back-to-back uh, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. So, And both Josh Allen had pretty bad plays at the end of both of those games. So. Yeah. They're, they're in an interesting situation over there in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to just warn everybody right now. On Friday, when we talk to Brandon Lang, do you realize what Brandon Lang is going to do? Now, I, I checked my sheet, Zay. He gave us Buffalo minus three. I hope Veronica's let him live, though. He gave us Buffalo minus three. It was 27 
to 23 oh, late man. in that game, right? They'd covered it by four. That's what the score was when he took that snap. Brandon's been accusing him of point shaving because he, he, what's the story he made up that he has a friend being held hostage in Montana? He's been <laughs> accusing him that of all, the whole year. Friday at 1 o'clock, trust me, Brandon Lang's going to go off on Josh Allen. That was a crazy, crazy play. So the Cowboys have to go play the Vikings this week. They'll get to that part. Uh, by the way, to Kirk Cousins, for the how about the throw down to the 1-2 yard line? That throw he made to Jefferson? That's an incredible pass. Yeah. My God. They're, they're, they're looking really good right now. Cowboys have to deal with that. Be, and now they, they come off of this game with the Packers where they did not, they just didn't, you know, they never really found a rhythm. Dak throws 46 times. We talked about that earlier. Two big picks, blowing the lead. Pollard had, I mean, Pollard had 5.2 a carry. I can't get mad at number 20. No. He looked good. I like some of those plays. The other things, they in the second half. And Mike McCarthy was asked about why didn't he go for the field goal in overtime or whatever. He said what bugged him more was the penalties, the mistakes. The one we haven't talked about today is a rookie receiver lining up a full half yard offsides. Those little things. The Cowboys over the last few years will have these moments where we've griped about him. We've griped about Demarcus Lawrence will just all of a sudden line up offsides like twice in a game. At the worst time possible. This is a receiver. They had a still shot of him staring out at the official. Like, all right, man, if you're staring at him. Did he do the classic point? Like, am I good? Yeah, he was looking out there. But, like, if he's that far behind you, back up. Back up, 18. What are you doing? I, I... that play was crazy. I didn't love the holding call on McGovern, but I saw it and thought, all right, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's holding. It wouldn't have been called on Saturday in the TCU Texas game. No, it would not have. You're right about that. Those Big Twelve officials would have. Uh, they would not have. Yeah, they, they would have looked the other way. I did also think. You tell me as a third party, as a Cowboys fan, I wanted that PI call that they didn't make in overtime. Did you uh, think that was PI? I thought they were letting them play all around the National Football League yesterday. Okay. All right. You know, and then when, and at that point in the game, you don't want to throw your flag. Because I don't want to be that kind of fan. I yeah. thought that was P.I., though. I yeah. thought that was a receiver getting held up. Yeah, I mean, you got to call it consistent. He did definitely get held up, but it's just, just that fine line between do I want to let these guys play with so much on the line at the end of the game and this big-time rivalry, or do I want to put myself out there and in Lambeau, that's tough for a ref. That's that's it tough. is. You're right to pull that's that flag tough. out there. Yeah, I, that's I, tough. I get it. And so then, it, when we talk about the comparison and contrast for those people say that that are into both circuses, they're Cowboys fans and they're Longhorn fans. At least if you're a Cowboys fan, you say, okay, 31 carries, even without Ezekiel Elliott, 31 carries, 5.1 a carry. Did you need some more? Yeah, you probably did, and you probably didn't need to have Dak throw 46 times. I think we can all agree on that. But the Longhorn fan in you has to look at the at the stat sheet afterwards and just be ready to throw stuff. Because 12 carries for Bijan, 5 for Roshan, and no catches for either guy. And no catches for Keelan Robinson. I didn't even see a moment where it looked like they were trying to think of Keelan Robinson on an offensive play. Did you? No. Did they even think of seven? What's even more frustrating, the only bright spots of when you had the ball in your hands was when Keelan Robinson took uh, like 50-something yard kick return 
all the way across midfield. Yeah. Like, and then that should have maybe put a light bulb on Sark's head and said, oh, yeah, that number seven, he's kind of fast. He's pretty damn good when he has the ball in his hands on certain plays if I deal it up right. But that doesn't happen. And, hell, you're not even giving number five the ball. I think you've, you gave it to number two way too much, especially in the red zone. Like, if Bichon's not going to touch it those two times you get in the red zone, that's a serious problem. Like, I, I love Roshan Johnson and what mm-hmm. he brings to the team, and I know how much Steve Sarkeesian loves him, and I know how much respect he has for him. He's talked about it multiple times. But number five was the one we're talking about last week on maybe getting to New York if he were to have a big game. He didn't even get an opportunity to do that. No. And, yes, TCU, Coach Gillespie, defensive coordinator TCU, that defense, they were knocking heads off. They were ready to go, blowing people up for no reason, not even going to the right assignment, just sending a message and blowing guys up. Yeah. And the offensive line, they did not look good. And it was where a, guys were yeah. getting pulled out of games at times. It's just overall offensively with Quinn Ewers and just him being a freshman quarterback at Sark, not putting them in the best positions. It wasn't good overall. It was a clear message sent to Sark hey, number three and your weapons have to beat us because five's not doing it. Sorry. Yeah. He's not. And how Steve Sarkeesian couldn't respond to that by adding colors to the palette, by adding different different colors of paint and different brushes and say, oh, wait, what? You're challenging me to use weaponry against you? You think five is all I've got? Oh, look out. Two, seven, zero, four, eight. And then just see where it goes from there. Yeah. But it didn't happen in the end it was seven catches for sanders it was six catches for jordan whittington it was four catches for xavier worthy steve Steve sarkeesian asked today which offensive player played winning football and all he could come up with was jordan whittington that's it the only offensive player he would name that he thought played winning football and i'll be honest i thought jordan whittington had a pretty quiet six catches say yeah, very quiet. He wasn't really – to me, there was nobody catching the ball that was very loud in that game, even though Jatavian Sanders did have seven. And, yeah, they just couldn't – they couldn't get things clicking. 39 attempts. But I, I keep going back to those incompletions, man. We watched, what, 30 of them against Oklahoma State? And you're just wondering, you got to make an adjustment to that. 17 out of 39. The only idea I have for Sark after watching these games, because he's not going to change – He's not going to go mid-range, short-range, run drag routes more. He's not going to do it. There's two guys I would tell him to get to town immediately, but both have jobs. Robert Griffin III and Russell Wilson. Get them here and have them give Quinn some thought. Get them on the phone. Give them a thought about deep balls because they do it accurately. Call Mac Jones. Is he the starter right now in New England, or is it yeah. Zappy? Okay, yeah. he's got a job, too. Yeah. Maybe have him write you a letter, send the kid an email, something. Find a quarterback that's good at deep ball accuracy, and go get a thought or an idea or something. Or stop calling it so much. Yeah, but he's not done it. That's the part. I, I think today, that answer he gave today to the deep ball thing tells us he's not stopping. Yeah, he's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. Which is ignorant. And very stubborn. Like you gotta be able to adjust to your personnel. You know, like I get it. You think Quinn could do all this stuff. He can't yet. 
He can't. The what the game might move too fast for him. Talk about his progressions and stuff like that. And like you said, what Sark said in the uh, in his presser today, if we have a deep shot and it's called that way, we're gonna throw it no matter what. And we're gonna Hodges, take it. Hodges Tomlinson, LT's nephew. He said, well, "All right, cool. I'll take that. Yeah. We know that we're gonna get our chances tonight." But you've watched it, Zay, as a fan of this team. You've watched these deep balls. Not only are they getting taken and not being completed, but you, how many times have you seen two defenders there? How many times have you seen three? Oh, a lot. Right. Yeah, or it's just 15 yards over Xavier Wordy's head. So here's no one. This is my thought. If I'm a GA that, they, that they'll let ask a question, or if I'm the quarterback coach or whoever, I'm Milwee or whatever. Hey, if that route is drawing three guys – that far downfield. Why don't we do something a little further back upfield? Because it's going to be open. He's yeah. taking three guys with him. Yeah, and are they doing that? Like A.J. Milwee, Brennan Marion, the wide receiver coach, hell, Deshard Choice, you know, uh, Jeff Banks. Are y'all going to Sark and letting him know these things? Or are y'all even allowed to do that? Let me like, ask- they, don't, they aren't allowed to talk to us, so we can't ask right. them, like, hey, when you see this during the game, do you go up to Steve Sarkeesian and say, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should do more intermediate yeah. stuff, short yard stuff, what we were throwing to Jordan Winnington and yet and let Letting those yards after catch plays develop. Maybe we should start doing that more. And then also put the ball in uh, uh, B. John Robinson's hands, whether that's running the football or throwing the football. And then maybe we could try the deep shot. Yeah. If you got a guy drawing three guys of attention at 30, 35 yards, my thought would be, what if you ran that drag route at five? Yeah. With Whittington, Sanders. If Worthy's the guy that's taking him deep, what if Whittington was running like a five to seven yard drag at that same moment? Also, his answer on drag routes today told me a lot. When he was, and I think it was Chip Brown that asked at Horns twenty four seven about short passing game and Bijan. He immediately went to third down. Chip didn't ask him about third down, but he immediately went there and well, said, "Chip asked him a lot though." He, Let's give Sarka a break. Chip asked him a lot. There was a lot in the question. You're right. You're right. That's true. Well done, Chip. Well done. You got to get get a lot in those questions sometimes. But his answer was, hey, if it's third and ten and I I throw the shorter route and he gets tackled at seven, then you guys are going to say I didn't throw to the sticks or whatever. And I thought, oh, that's that's a great way to answer it, to tell us what you're thinking. My response to him would be, dude, I'm not talking about third down. I'm talking about that drag route getting you more yards. What about yards after catch? I'm saying I'm saying run a shorter route with Sanders or Whittington and then daring the defenders to tackle them because they're big monsters that are hard to tackle. Or in Worthy's case, he is a fast monster that's hard to tackle. Yeah. Just, I mean everybody had some bad drops that night. And Jordan Whittington, there was a play where he caught the ball around and it was a third and ten, maybe, and he caught the wrong ball around eight yards, and he could have extended it to yeah. get across the markers. But Leo Billingsley, he had a big time. Oh, drop. that was a big one. Yeah, and that Xavier was huge. Wordy had a big time drop. Yep, and then the JT Sanders, which it wasn't a good pass from Quinn at all. It was very low, but and that would have been a hard catch for Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey. But JT Sanders, when it hits you in the hands like that, and if you're considered to be the best hands on the team, gotta go you got to come up with those. Yeah, no, you do. You got to go get the ball. The, and things things didn't come together. Uh, Sark likes to talk about complimentary football and how it does and doesn't happen sometimes. He needs to add complimentary play calling. 
to get some complimentary football because it's just not working out here. And you had a defense do all that. For a, this is another reason why it reminded me of some SEC games I've watched. I've watched so many SEC games where a defense will do that for like three and a half quarters. And then by the end of the game, they'll give up like two plays, and then people want to bitch at them. Well, what was the final yeah. score? What was the final score? 17-16. Oh, so they were that awful, huh? If I tell Texas fans right at kickoff, just lean in their ear and I whisper, hey, 18 is the number to win this game. They're only going to give up 17 points today. Man, y'all would have started ordering beer right then. 18? That defense was tough, man. They played such a good game, and they got let down by the play calling on the other side and by the execution on the other side. Hopefully the offense can give them back a little bit in Lawrence. Because last year this, this game went crazy the other way. This game turned into a weird track meet nobody saw coming. If that happens in Lawrence, that this offense better show up. They better pack some better football because this defense just got hung out to dry. Yeah, yeah, and literally the only two big-time plays that TCU had was taking advantage of the weak points of the Texas defense. And, you know, I would say Tucker Dorsey, out of all the linebackers, you look at Jalen Ford, you look at DeMarvion Overshone, Tucker Dorsey, he is the weak link out of those Mm -hmm. linebackers that get significant minutes. And he went to the wrong gap on that Kendra Miller 75-yard run to the house. And then you fast-forward to the Quinton Johnston touchdown where Terrence Brooks, a freshman, crossed it up, yeah. Had a really good game. He had a really good game filling in for Deshaun Jamison, who was out due to concussion protocols. But, yeah, him and Anthony Cook just getting mixed up, and that's just reps, you know. But also, if you want to nitpick, I don't like a freshman on Quinton Johnston. Maybe we should have, you know, Ryan Watts mirror that. I like that that idea. That's nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. And that that will clearly affect the whole defense. We know if one guy's out, we saw it with Jalen Gilbo, who he's not necessarily the big man uh, on that second uh, secondary, but once he went out, they weren't the best either. So, you know, we know one guy being pulled out can mess up your whole secondary, and that was probably, you know, the caution with not putting Ryan Watts and have him mirroring Quinton Johnson the whole game. But still, the defense, 14 tackles for loss, five sacks. They played their ass off, and you can't fault them at all. Texas loses 17-10. Cowboys lose 31-28. We've been trying to process all that for the fans today. If you have any thoughts, Specs text line is 337-3776. Somebody says, I still want to see Rojo take a handoff to the right side and throw a pass. Thoughts? Well, maybe, but you got to work up to that. You got to develop that play. You got to set that play up. But uh, anything involving running backs, I'm all for that based on the game I saw this past weekend. Would have been something to try. This offense needed to try something. All right, coming up, why today matters on this November 14th. Some sports birthdays to dig into, including one of the most unique personalities we have ever seen in sports in my lifetime. He's got a birthday. Uh, actually, it was yesterday he had a birthday. We will give him his love. Love, no matter what his name is, next on the horn.
a 20 inch crawler Blaze on them collar Diamond drop waller R10 holler Never need a Rolling through a Monday I like it, Zay Should I know it? Yes and no. Yes and no? Yeah. You go give me a break if I don't know this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a break. It's very good. Both sound talented. Sounds like This sounds like a two-man operation here. Uh, Is that fair? I've heard two different guys so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it. Who is it? Right here. This is Young Star. The song is Wanna Be a Baller by Lil Troy. Okay. Young Star and Lil Troy? Yeah, Fat Pat's on this. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to come up with that. Very good, though. Lil who's, Will. Who's that right there? Oh, I should know this. Big T. Big T. Yeah. That's the one I thought I recognized for a second, but that's a good. He's, he's very good. I thought I recognized that voice, but that was, uh, yeah, that's good. All right. Lil Troy and Young Star. Adding to the show today, had a great beat from The Alchemist to start the hour. Steve Miller Band earlier, Lou Graham, Ray Charles all on the show. Just trying to make you feel better if you're a Longhorn fan, Cowboys fan. A lot of different fan bases trying to figure out what the heck is going on. We went over Sooner and Aggie sadness just to see if we could make the Longhorn fans feel better. I don't know how much that's going to help. Baylor fans did not have a good weekend at all. K-State fans are loving life after this weekend, and certainly TCU fans, if you're out there, Woo! You are enjoying it. Our man Colonel Flowers from Saturday mornings from the high ground. He actually doesn't have a show this week, so he's just going to take a week of uh, parade route and uh, enjoy his 10-0 and football team. Yeah, we got a lot of TCU guys on these airwaves on Saturday. Johnny Rogers is a TCU oh, guy. Oh, you know what, Rod? You're right. Johnny Rogers is happy about that as well. Craig Flowers. Yeah, it's kind of a froggy Saturday. I never, never thought about that. Yeah. Um, that's why we have Casey Studdard uh, as security. There we go. Make sure it doesn't get too crazy. Uh, but congrats to TCU, man. They're 10-0. and They're into the Big 12 title game. So this week, Texas and Kansas, 2.30 kick. 10.30 on the pregame, so we'll just have the big, ugly tailgate guys extended to 10.30. No high ground, no revved up, no uh, real-life, real talk this week. We'll get right to pregame, and it'll be down at Lavaca Street Bar, the original, right there on uh, Lavaca, 405 Lavaca, to be exact. Aaron, Rod, and Harge will fire it up for you at 10.30. That's where the watch party will be. Come on out. At this point, you may not want to watch this Texas football team alone, so come on out and watch with us at Lavaca Street Bar. And shock of your day is going to be the kick time for Texas and Baylor. I want everybody to prepare for this. Texas and Baylor kick at 11 a.m. There it is. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah, we all knew that's what it was going to be. Only the Texas OU kick is less surprising than that when they actually announce it. 11 a.m. Friday after Thanksgiving. We knew that's what it would be. So that one will be a 7 a.m. pregame for us. Uh, it is a Monday, a busy Monday, slightly different for us tonight because you got Longhorn Weekly with Coach Beard tonight. They've got the Gonzaga game coming up Wednesday, so we thought uh, Coach Beard thought he'd get you fired up for that. That is tonight at 7. That's a live version of Longhorn Weekly. Get out to the campus location of Pluckers and check out that scene. 8 o'clock, soccer matters. Glenn's got a lot to talk about because... A little old thing called the World Cup is about to start. He's jacked about that. That'll be 8 o'clock tonight as we move Soccer Matters for this week. And then 9 o'clock in Sincerious with Patrick and his crew taking a little bit of a different look at the world of sports like they always do on a Monday. All right, speaking of taking a different look, let's go why today matters and tell you why November 14th and a little bit of the 13th matter to us. Here we go. 
Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, I'm going to pull up the picture here so I can look at it as I'm talking about it. If you've ever been to Twitter and gone to Zay's Twitter, you may not have noticed when you go at Ain't that underscore Zay. You see Isaiah's face in that picture. There's some people in the background in that picture. But have you ever looked carefully at who the other guy is in the picture? Maybe you maybe you saw the picture and you thought, that's a family member of Isaiah's. Maybe that's a friend of his. <laughs> maybe that's just some random person that you're not supposed to know. No, look closer. Look closer. That's Meta World Peace. That's Ron Artest. That's whatever name you want to give him. Right now, Zay, I am reading that his official name today is Meta Sandiford Artest. I. He took a hyphenated last name that combined his last name and the last name of his current wife. Third wife. Very attractive. I've seen pictures. Uh, but anyway, he decided to take uh, her name as part of his as well. So Meta Sandiford Artest, whatever you call him, he's 43 years old. That was yesterday was his birthday. My dude, man. And yeah, a little bit about that picture. I was with my wife and my family on that side. I call that my get outside because I'm the only brother in a white family. So we were there for a grandpa. Oh, the get outside. The get outside. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm still alive. I'm still here, so I'm not quite get out. But anyway. No, sun- no sunken place yet. No, no, okay, no sunken good. place. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I feel good, so we could say that. But- that should be the name of the show. <laughs> We'll call it Zay's Sunken Place. Let's do No, never mind. We won't do that. <laughs> yeah, but we went to Yellowstone, and it's beautiful up there. You know, I know the show is very popular. I love the show, too. I'm also the Black Rip Wheeler. But there you go. We were up there just walking along one of the very famous trails, and I see a big 6'9"-looking brother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, Yellowstone? Kind of That's st- interesting. Kind of stuck out. Yeah, definitely you- stuck out. Yeah. This guy might be somebody. I was about 80 yards away. Get mm. closer, and I start to recognize this guy. I was like, hold on, this is somebody. And I look to my brother-in-law, Andy, who's a huge Houston Rockets fan from Houston. Okay. So he was like. So he knows his NBA. Yeah. 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 So he was like, hold up. And I was like, is that Ron Artest? And he was. it was so quick. He was walking past us, and I had to stop him. Yeah. But. What also went through my mind was, what do I call him? I don't Ooh, know how to yeah. stop him. I'm like, uh, maybe I should just go with Meta. So I just went with Meta because I felt like that would be correct. Even if it was like, nah, it's just Ron. Now. Even if you missed, it is yeah. the mystical it's, way to go. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let's just say Meta's the safe bet. I was like, hey, what's up, Meta? I'm a huge basketball fan. Can I get a picture? He said, yeah, man. Let's do it. That's awesome. So, took the picture, Good. and yeah, he's definitely not that same Ron Artest that was punching people in the malice in the palace. That he's is, definitely cleaned his image, and he's a great guy. That is so cool. Old school for Meta? St. John's. Very good, very good. Queens Bridge, baby. There you go, there you go. Uh, also on your sports birthdays, yesterday was 59 for Vinny Testaverde, Ooh. one of the best college quarterbacks that didn't necessarily make it uh, make it like elite level NFL, but he had a solid career. Yo, uh, you know, for a couple different teams. <laughs> Five Dog said it on Midnight Marauders album, Tribe Cobb Quest. He said, 
some of about incompletions or inter- throwing interceptions like Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. And oh, yeah, that's that's brutal. He had a string in Tampa where he was really bad. Now he made a he made a little bit of the name back for him in the New England and the Jets and some other stuff. But yeah, Vinny did not have the best pro career he Wasn't wanted he with to. Dallas for a little bit. He was a cowboy. Oh, for a little man. bit. He was a backup in Dallas. For, yeah. a little, for a little while. Uh, also, today you got uh, Devontae Smith. Cowboy fans, you're going to have to deal with those Eagles one more time. Devontae Smith, of course, uh, Bama, the Heisman Trophy winner, stud receiver. Uh, he bookended his Bama career with, with titles. Think about it. As a freshman, he catches that ball from Tua to win it all. And then on the back end, they won the, the COVID championship with Mac Jones. And uh, an offense that might have been more prolific than even that LSU team the year before. Yeah, I like Devontae Smith. He just has a really good personality. You know, when he's mic'd up and stuff, he's hilarious. And, yeah, he went on Twitter last week and told everybody that owns him in fantasy football, yo, I don't give a damn about y'all's fantasy football team. We are undefeated. Yeah. AJ's on the left side, and if they're going to guard me, they're probably going to leave him open. And if they guard him, that means I'm going to get open. So, hey, it's all about wins up here in Philly. And, yeah, that's that mindset you got to have. And from him being an Alabama guy and winning so much, eh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I was going to say, does that surprise you since he came out of no. Saban's world? No, no, not one bit. No. Uh, I'm with you. He does seem like a pretty cool guy that way. Team player, 24 today for him. And then on the baseball side, if you're into the whole Hall of Fame discussion, today is the 56th birthday of Kurt Schilling, and he's been through his 10 years. Now it goes to the Veterans Committee this December. So we are a month away or thereabouts of finding out if Kurt Schilling this year will get into the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of those that don't think he should be in there. Put them in. But there are a lot of those that are just baseball purist people saying, look, I get it. He tweets some things or he thinks some things or this is where he is politically, whatever. But look at the baseball stuff. A lot of people think he is a Hall of Famer. So we'll see if the veterans care about Kurt differently. His, he didn't take nothing, did he? Because his la- No, he didn't take anything. It's all about this political stuff. It's all about stuff he said and Aww. things he's tweeted and, and all that. And, got, and, and enemies he's kind of made, I guess, with some of the baseball writers. Because they only got him up to about 58%, 59 something on, like that. Oh man. Bloody sock, Kurt Schilling. Come on, man. Legend, man. I, hey, how tough is that? You're in the World Series and you're the Yankees. And we're like, oh, yeah, we might have to face Randy Johnson twice and Kurt Schilling twice. They had no chance. No, it's crazy. Dude, that was, that was an amazing thing. Amazing they they thing had a watch. chance, but they had no chance. And that thing time. started to rip up and you could see it during oh, the game. And the side was so, it was so big boy. It was just so big boy. My God. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. There is a Monday night football game on tonight. Speaking of keeping up with Devontae Smith, yeah, Eagles and Washington tonight. We'll set, get you set up for that one next on the Horn. Such a great combo of ideas. Tupac. Yes? Yes. 
Is the song called like that's the way it is or just the way it is or something changes. like that? Called Changes. Okay. Yeah. That sample is Bruce Hornsby in the range, and the song is called That's Just the Way It Is. The fact that somebody in his world thought that right there, that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. Yes, that's the that's the line from the Bruce Hornsby song. That's so brilliant. Yeah. And then with him rapping on top of that and putting the pace on top of it, that's magic stuff right hey, there. This might be one of his most underrated songs. That's a great. And that's saying a lot. What album is that on? Do we know? I don't know. I want to say this came out after he passed. Okay. Because I've listened to a couple of like a Tupac collection and I listened to the Strictly For My mm, album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the nicest yeah, way. Yeah, I want to work tomorrow, so, so no, don't say the word. Appreciate so ni- that. It's the nicest way I can do that. <laughs> so I don't think it's on that album, I, I but I, that is great. Yeah, that's, that is awesome. Because Bruce was a, he was just one of those virtuoso keyboard, piano type of guys could play anything. And that was, that song was big for a while. So that is a great idea. So a little Tupac finishing us off today. We hope some of the music made you feel a little better. Started with Ray Charles, finished with Tupac. And a little bit of Snoop as well. AV Consultations bringing us the stems and seeds. uh, AVConsultations.com, 255-8678. So tonight it is Philadelphia at Washington. Zay, I hate to do it, but I'm a Cowboys fan, so I've got to root for Washington tonight. You think they can pull this off? Ah, uh, no, I don't. We know Taylor Heineke's a gamer. But I'm sorry, it's in Philly. My bad. I was hoping it was in Washington. Yeah, it's in Philly. Yeah, absolutely brutal. I don't see the commanders being the one to take down the Eagles, but hey, maybe somebody will next week. Man. Okay, so the football gods eventually let Minnesota win that game, and apparently they should have anyway. So late in the game, as they're driving for what ends up being the, that that field goal. I guess it's the field goal drive in overtime. They're driving for the field goal. The Bills had a play with 12 guys on defense, and nobody caught it. Yo. And instead of second down on the five-yard line, it should have been first and goal on the one-yard line. The Bills, man, the refs were definitely on their side because Gabe Davis had a catch on the sideline that wasn't a catch. And since it was under two minutes... It was not reviewed, should have been reviewed, but... How'd they not look at that? I don't know. There were multiple plays in that game that just left you shaking your head, and yeah, the Vikings still got out of there with a dub, which is huge for them. By the way, would you be okay with a rule that lets the white hat or somebody on the field choose to review a play like that? To just take a breath? Buzz himself? Is that okay? Can somebody buzz somebody on that play? It was so obvious that it needed to be looked at. Yeah, that was a joke. I don't know if you give that power to the white hat or not, but somebody in that booth needed to. You got the guy in the booth, supposedly, and you got New York, and nobody saw that. Yeah. That's terrible. And you missed 12 men on the field. After the game, McConnell, the coach of Minnesota, said, I think there was 12 guys on the field there. I got to go look at the film. I don't want to talk bad about him if I'm wrong, but I think there was, and he's right. Yeah, I was unfortunate, but shout out to Colt McCoy, baby. Hard Knocks is going to be lit this week. How about that, Colt McCoy? By the way, I double-checked, and I was right. I said to my wife, I'll bet you he and Cliff Kingsbury are no more than 10 years apart in age, and it's seven. Oh, yeah. That's it, close. Yeah. Yeah. Both han- both handsome men, 
And uh, they got it done yesterday. Yep, both from small town Texas, play Con- quarterback. Congrats to both, yes. And both with a maybe, well, one of them with a better attitude than Kyler. We know that for yeah. sure. All right, uh, Ball Don't Lie coming up. Longhorn Weekly with Coach Beard coming up at 7 o'clock. Soccer Matters, then Instant Serious. Keep it here. See ya.